0: Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? I heard somebody say tired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what that's like. I've had a cold. Now I've got the cold that's going around, and I'm not going to get gross about it, but let's just say there are some not fun things happening in relation to that. So uh, if I have to reach in my pocket and pull out a, a hanky, Donald, be sure to mute me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, because it will be not good at all. Well, my name is Nathan Harris. I am the lead pastor here at Celebration Center. And for anybody here who is a guest, welcome. Thank you for making this part of your Sunday morning. This is pretty um, uh, It's impressive to come to a new place and to get plugged in, and, and we're glad that you're here. We are, as Marshall mentioned, we're in a message series called Better Together, which is based on a core value of ours here at Celebration Center that we happen to call Better Together. Better Together, and here's how we put it. People matter to God, so we pursue authentic relationships, healthy healthy families, ministry and teams, and we do life with one another in small groups. So basically, this value is all about being relational, Right? We want to have whole, healthy relationships guide what we do and how we do what we do. Has anybody here ever tried to do something with a group of people where relationships were not well? Anybody? Yeah, we've got one right here. Um, yeah, it's not fun, is it? I mean, things get really messy, and it's not, I mean, life gets messy anyway, right? But, but there's a whole new level of mess that happens in a group where relationships are not at least pursuing health. Now, we're all at, at zero point, right? We're all starting somewhere. We all have our own baggage. We all bring our own stuff into things. Other people bring their stuff into things. And so I'm not suggesting by this that we are perfect, that we have everything 100% dialed in. The point is that we are pursuing these whole and healthy relationships. And the why behind this is that God created us as a community. What that means is that part part of being a human is that we are community. Have you ever not had community in your life? What, what kinds of things happen? Just that you don't have to answer out loud, but what kinds of things happen? Think about that. You know, sometimes our identity, we lose a little bit of our own identity, right? Because we don't have other people. And it's not that those other people are telling or should be telling us who we are and, and all of that, but we find out more about who we are as we are in community with others. God made us that way. There's actually a a little bit of our humanity that is lost when we're not in community. But God didn't just create us as a community. He created us as a community with a purpose, and that purpose is to join Him in what He is doing and helping Him bring His rule and His reign into the world around us. And at the center of this community is that one key ingredient, love. Love has to be at the very center of everything we do. Now, if you missed any of the past messages in this series, I encourage you, go to our website, ccpuallup.com, and you can click on the sermon podcast link and get caught up. It, It would be really good. It would be helpful. I encourage you to do that. This week, I want to talk about what it takes to maintain better together. What does it ma- take to maintain better together? And I'm not just talking about the status quo. I'm talking about being able to move forward, to keep momentum moving and better together. Have you ever had an experience in your life where you, where you ran across an idea that you thought, oh, wow, that, that's, that's pretty good. I like that idea. I think I could do that. Maybe it had to do with losing weight. I can say that because I still need to lose some weight, Right? Maybe it has to do with a home improvement project. There's something in your house that needs to be fixed or repaired or maybe improved and, and made better, right? And so what do you do? You, you watch YouTube and you think, oh man, this looks easy. I am so uh, guilty of doing that kind of thing. I'll, I'll watch a video and think, oh, pfft, no problem. And then it always takes me like 10 times the amount of time to do it. Because there's some other things that I don't understand. But we, we find that happening. I remember one time in particular... I came up with an idea at our previous church to dress up some, we had these booths sitting out in front of the kids' classrooms that we used for check-in. So if you went to a particular room, you would check your kids into that particular room and you would, use, you would stand at these booths and, and do that. And so I had this idea, we're gonna dress these up. We're gonna make it cool. We're gonna make it fresh. We're gonna make it really fun. And so I had this idea, I would make this kind of relief looking thing out of some, some wood material, and they would be in the shape of a Jeep. So it's like the front of the Jeep is, is, is the front of this, this, uh, this check-in booth, and then we'll put headlights in it, and it will turn it on when we're checking kids in. It'll be really cool. It's going to be totally awesome. I got a picture here for you. Here we go. Here's, here's what I actually came up with. I I put these together, I got some volunteers, we got it painted, but let me tell you, I didn't actually end up finishing this project. Those little black holes there where the headlights go, yeah, the headlights never got in. I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't have time to figure it out. Life happens. As you're pursuing these projects, these really good ideas, things come in and kind of resist what you're doing, right? Life takes over. Something happens with the kids and you're, you got to go deal with the kids. Something happens with somebody at work and so you got to deal with things there. And, 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 and so all kinds of things start coming in to our really good ideas and then we begin to lose momentum. How do we maintain the momentum? Being better together, making this value a focal point requires a lot of attention. The good idea of it is not merely enough. Just to say, oh yeah, this is good and we need to do this isn't enough. We actually have to put in some sweat equity. We got to roll up our sleeves and we've got to work together. So here's the main thing this morning for this morning's message if you're taking notes. To be better together, we need to work together. To be better together, we need to work together. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Now, we're going to be looking at uh, Philippians. We're looking in the book of Philippians. So if you want to turn there, chapter 2. We're actually only going to be looking at verses 1 through 4 this morning. In chapter 2, Philippians 2, 1 through 4. If you've got your Bibles or your Bible apps, go ahead and open up there. I love this book. This is a really good book. And I know that a lot of people who are Christ followers love this book. But something we need to understand is that the Roman city of Philippi was established as a Roman colony. And here's what that meant. Caesar gave land to Roman citizens to go and populate an area. And the reason Caesar did that was so that these people, these Roman citizens, would go and bring the life of Rome to the area that they were settling in. All right, they would bring Caesar's rule, they would bring the lifestyle of, of Rome. And so basically, what they were doing was they were making a mini Rome, okay, in the new place where they were at. That was, they were, they were imposing Roman rule and values in that area on the people. That's what it meant to colonize. Now, one of the ways the New Testament talks about the church is that each church, so it would be like Celebration Center. It would be like Lighthouse. It would be like Motion Church. All of these individual churches are outposts of the kingdom of heaven. And what we do, actually, is we bring the life and the rule of heaven to where we are at. Okay. And the church in Philippi started out really well doing this. They began at, at uh, the Apostle Paul's second missionary journey. They started loving each other really well. They started loving Paul really well. They were they were uh, reaching people. All kinds of really good things were happening. But at the time Philippians was written, this church was facing some pressures. You ever face pressure? Yeah. These pressures for the Philippians were f- coming from within, and they had to do with their own poverty. A lot of them were, were poor, and they're wondering, well, why are we so poor? Okay? Some, some of it had to do with quarrels that were happening between people. Some of it had to do with selfishness that people were, were operating in. And then on top of that, not only were there the internal pressures that they were facing, but there were external pressures Remember, the church is supposed to bring the life of heaven to where they were at, and they're doing that in a place where there's already this colonization happening from Rome, right? And so the two are are butting heads. They're coming up against each other. They're butting heads. One says, hey, Caesar is Lord, and the other one says, no, 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 Jesus is Lord, okay? And so they're experiencing pressure from the pagans. Now, the church had sent one of their members to Paul, to bring these things up, to talk to Paul about them. And so Paul wrote what we have as Philippians to encourage this, this church that was uh, facing all kinds of pressure to remember how they started and to remain faithful participants in the gospel. That's what that, that's what Paul is doing in Philippians. So we get to our passage, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm reading from the NIV. Here's what it says in verses 1 and 2. Therefore... If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing of the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. So here Paul is summing up what he has said up to this point in, in the book of Philippians. Basically, he tells them, since you are united with Christ, all of that is, Therefore, if you have any, if you are, if you receive, those are all rhetorical statements. He's saying, look, you guys, this is all that you've got from, from being united with Jesus. He says, since you are united with Jesus, that which is kind of a fancy way of saying you're part of this family. You're part of this family. You're, you've got heaven in your corner, okay? You've got God on your side. Since you are united with Christ and experiencing the benefits that come from being part of Jesus's fam- family, he says, fill my joy to the full. That's what he says when, he, when he's talking about uh, make my joy complete. He says, fill it to the full. Fill it up. Make it the max. Bring it to the full, he says. And how are the Philippians supposed to do that? How are they supposed to live this life that lives within what Jesus has provided? How are we supposed to do that? How do we participate in the call? We do it by working together, striving in the same direction for the same purpose. That's what Paul is saying when he talks to the Philippians about being like-minded. They're on the same page. They're going in the same direction. That's what it means for us. Number one on your outline, if you're taking notes, to work together, we need to be focused. We need to be focused. I remember a time I was in high school and I, uh, I was driving my parents' car. It was, it was an older vehicle. Uh, they let me, I had not had my license for too long. And over in the corner of the parking lot, I saw this red Toyota pickup truck. And at that time, I really wanted a Toyota pickup truck. So I was ogling this red Toyota pickup truck, thinking how cool it would be for me to have it and, and to drive it and and how cool I, w- I would be if I had that, right? Until my brother, who was sitting in the front seat next to me, I heard him yell, look out. Now, I wasn't going very fast. It was very slow, but I ran into the back of, a, of one of my friend's vehicles because my focus was not on where I was. That's what happens when we go about life unfocused, right? We aren't paying attention to what is most important so we end up in messes sometimes, don't we? Now imagine that in an organizational situation. Think about a whole bunch of people who are unfocused on what's most important. Is that organization, is that that, that community going to be able to move forward together? Probably not. We're going to be too busy putting out all kinds of fires, and and everybody's going to be doing what they think is best, and uh, there can become an atmosphere just of discord and disunity because people are doing their own things. People's feelings get hurt, right? Because you're not doing what I think needs to be done, but at the same time, I'm not doing what you think needs to be done either. Have you ever seen anything like that happen? You guys, to be better together, we need to work together. And in order to work together, we need to be focused. In verse 2, Philippians 2.2, 2, Paul says this, having the same love, he says this is how we are like-minded, by having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Having the same love means acting in love toward one another. We talked about having love uh, a few weeks back in, in 1 Corinthians 13. It's not about holding it. It's about acting in it. Okay? It's, it's being love. And so Paul says here, in order to be focused, in order to work together, we need to have the same love. We need to be loving one another we need to be building each other up we need to be having that reciprocal thing where where i'm loving you and you're loving me and we're loving each other and we're we're going forward in that way but we are making love primary having the same love being one in spirit is about having the same affections desires and goals It's being focused, it's intentionally focusing on on the same things. Being of one mind brings us back to what Paul said about being like-minded. It's working together, striving in the same direction for the same purpose. Are you kind of seeing a pattern here? It's not that we don't have different ideas. It's not that we don't think different things. It's that we actually are putting some of that aside in order to focus on what's most important and then holding each other to that standard. And for us that means focusing on the gospel. We need to focus on the gospel and I'm not just talking about hey someday we're going to die and we're going to go to heaven as long as we believe in Jesus. That's that's part of the gospel. But that's only part of the gospel. The gospel that we need to focus on is, includes God is making all things new. He's using you and me to do that. He's bringing his life to this world in and through us. And everything that he has accomplished in Jesus. To be better together, we need to work together. And to work together, we need to be focused We need to focus on what the main thing is. And one of the things we have to do that, or we have to do in order to accomplish that, is to lay aside what we want. What I want can't be the primary. It cannot be the primary. We need to be focused. Number two on your outline. We also, though, need to be humble. To work together, we need to be humble. <sighs> Have you ever watched somebody put themselves ahead of other people through unfair means and ways? They, they kind of connive and, and make things happen in such a way that it, it builds them up, it elevates them at the expense maybe of other people around. You ever watch that happen? I remember when I was a kid, my brother Joel and I, Joel, I'm the oldest, Joel is right behind me. I think I was probably, oh, six-ish years old, somewhere in there. I, was, I started young doing this, but um, I, uh, my brother Joel and I were playing a video game. It was a baseball video game, and him being younger, I, I realized he didn't understand things quite as well as I did, even though I was still f- fairly young myself, and every time I was up to bat and I got a hit in this video game... I said, Joel, go tell mom and dad that I got another hit. And so he did. He got up, he run downstairs, and he go tell mom and dad, mom and dad, Nathan got another hit in the baseball game. Meanwhile, I'm running all the way around the bases. (laughs) I'm getting every, literally every single hit I make, I'm getting a home run in this baseball game. I'm using unfair means to bolster my own score, right? That's the kind of thing that happens When when we are motivated by selfish ambition, like I was, I used unjust tactics to further my position, to be better at something. We kind of see that in politics, don't we? People slamming other people. I was watching uh, recently. I, I watched a debate, and people are looking for the angles. They're looking at how that they can make themselves, elevate themselves at somebody else's expense. Make, make them look better than other people. Jockeying for position. Furthering their own interests at the cost of others. But here's what Paul says about that. In Philippians 2:3, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conce- conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above Yourselves. Do nothing out of vain conceit or selfish ambition, but in humility value others above yourselves. Paul says, Be humble. Be humble. There's another translation that says, Be moved to treat others above yourself. there's something that happens on the inside of us that wants that makes us want to put others ahead of ourselves and we're told here to influence and to lead those around us in a way that lifts them up and places them above me i'm not i'm not leading so that I can get something over anybody. I want to lead so that I can lift everybody around me up. Jesus talks about this in Mark chapter 10. Verses 42 through 45, he says, it says, Jesus called them together. The disciples have just had an argument over who's the greatest, who's the best, who's the most important, and and James and John have kind of jockeyed for, for position with Jesus. Hey, give us what we want and, and, and all of that and the, the rest of the disciples heard about it and they were not happy. Created discord there. So Jesus called them together and said, "You know that those who regard who are regarded, excuse me, as rulers of the of the Gentiles lord it over them." And their high officials exercise authority over them. In other words, these people have gotten themselves in these positions so that they can benefit themselves. That's what Jesus is saying. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. That's right, your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. These are not just figurative terms that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a different value system. Verse 45 for even the son of man did not come to to serve or excuse me, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, when we're humble, placing others ahead of ourselves, we are focusing on what matters most. Because we are, love, we are living out of God's value system. We're living out of God's value system. We are actually participating in colonizing earth with the rule of heaven when we do that. So here are some practical ways to begin practicing this. We can practice placing others above ourselves when we drive I got to admit, uh, move, moving here from the Spokane area, it's not, don't get me wrong, there are some very aggressive drivers in Spokane. But it is much more prevalent here that I've noticed. And, and I'm, not, I'm not pointing my finger at anybody because I've become influenced, <laughs> right? It's like, no, I got to get in. I got to get in. I got to get to where I'm going to go or I'm going to be late kind of a thing. What if instead we let somebody else in that's actually an act of humility. That's saying, I'm not the most important. We can do that. This is very, e- very well, maybe not easy, but it's very practical, very simple way of practicing humility. How about this? When you're sitting down with friends or your, your spouse, trying to decide what to watch on TV, let them pick. Hey, you're, what you have to say is important too. Not just what I want. How about how about helping somebody even when you aren't getting noticed for it? Doing it secretive, secretly, taking care of somebody else, somebody else's need. These are some really they sound silly, they sound simple, but you guys, this this is where humility begins. It's in these kinds of things when we are willing to place ourselves at the bottom rather than reaching and and grasping for the top. How can you practice humility this week? To work together, we need to be humble. Number three on your outline, to work together, we need to contemplate. To work together, we need... To contemplate specifically, we need to contemplate each other. For my fortieth birthday, my uh, my wife and my my brothers they all connived together. We had been we had gone to the Eugene area to for Christmas, and at that point during that Christmas visit, it was brought up. Hey, Nathan's fortieth birthday. Is coming up. Well, my birthday isn't until May, so there was about six months where they were planning and plotting this. Okay, and I had no idea about it. I did not know what was happening that that uh, leading up to my birthday. My my wife had had me out doing some yard work. I was she was you know convincing me that it just needed to be done. She was really trying to make some things look nicer for when the family came. And I still didn't pick up on it. I had no idea what was happening. That very day that they showed up, I was sitting in my living room. I was super dog tired from all of this yard work my wife had been having me do. And and um, we had had one of those door-to-door salesmen come up earlier and just wouldn't take no for an answer. Well, not too long after that, I hear this knock on the door. And I'm thinking, that's it. I'm just gonna open the door and I'll punch him in the face and it'll be done. I, I won't have to I won't have to worry about this anymore. So I I go up and I open the door and right as I'm, I'm about to you know yell at the person, what do you want? kind of a thing, it's my brother standing on the other side of the door. And 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 my in-laws and and their kids, and I'm like. There, there was actually a video I tried to download, but for some reason Facebook wouldn't let me do it, so I couldn't show it to you. But it's kind of funny. There's actually two videos. One is from the inside of the house. The other one was taken at the outside of the house at the same time. And and the one on the inside, it's I, I open the door and I'm obviously frustrated, but when, as soon as I open the door, I see who it is. I'm like, uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> they totally surprised me. You guys, that's what it's like when we contemplate each other, not that we're going around plotting each other's birthdays secretly all of the time. I mean, maybe you like that. I don't know. But that we're actually thinking, we're putting thought into how to serve each other based on what we know about each other. That's contemplating. Paul calls it this in in Philippians two four. He says, "Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others." Not spending time constantly thinking about, okay, what do I want? And listen, I'll be perfectly honest. I I uh, I think I've I've said this a number of times here, and I'll keep saying it. I need Jesus, okay? But sometimes I get home, and and it's like. Uh, what I have been thinking about is I just want to relax. I just want to sit down. I want to have some quiet. And so what happens when quiet doesn't happen? When something happens that keeps me from being able to relax? Frustration, right? Anger, all all of these kinds of things. And so whatever the issue is becomes an obstacle to what I want to do. Paul says, don't look or don't contemplate on your needs but contemplate the needs of others. Plan for the needs of others. To work together, we need to contemplate and anticipate each other's needs, okay? Not just our own. And it's not that we don't take care of ourselves. Obviously, we need to do that. But it's that we don't only take care Of ourselves. We get out of only taking care of ourselves. Contemplating or looking only to our our own interests communicates that I am the most important one in the room. What everybody else needs is irrelevant because I'm the most important. When we are looking to or we, we are contemplating others' needs, we let them know that they are important. And that's what Jesus did with us, right? He came and he met us at our need. Anybody here who is a Christ follower understands this. Jesus meets us in our need. He doesn't expect us to have everything all right and worked out before he will draw near to us, he just comes near to us. He says, I love you. So this sounds good, but how do we do it? How do we genuinely get to the place of being able to contemplate others' needs? Like anything else, It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. And it's going to take practice. Anybody who has learned to play a musical instrument knows that when you first start out, you aren't very good. Right? But the more you practice, the more time and effort and energy you put into it, the better you become at it. It's the same thing here. So how do we do this? Well, spend time together. You can't know what somebody else needs if you don't know them. You can't. It's impossible. Spend time together. Hang out, play games, have meals. Maybe go volunteer together. Work side by side. Spend time together. Something else you can do. Pray for Each other. I'm not talking about praying about somebody. Oh God, please be with Ed right now. He is just such a mess. No. Don't pray about, pray for. Invest yourself into the good of someone else in front of God. God, Ed, he just really needs your presence right now. Be with him. I don't know if anybody here is named Ed. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not picking on anybody. But pray for each other. Those are just a couple of things. And when we engage in these kinds of activities, we will be changed. We will become changed. And we will begin to contemplate other people and their Needs You guys, working together requires focus, humility, and contemplation. And we are going to have to live in these things and make them part of our lives. When we do, we will become better together. Okay? I once had a supervisor who exhibited this very kind of thing uh he had he typically had encouraging things to say he paid attention very highly relational and he he paid attention to circumstances and moods and you know that kind of thing and he took time to hey how are you doing what's going on how can i help he invested himself and he did that over and over and over not only for me but for other people around me, and, and honestly, I'm still in ministry today in part because of what he did and how he modeled working together. We can do the same thing for each other. We can work with and for each other, and in the process, we can become better together. So, uh, I've got some homework for us out in the lobby out here in the South Lobby, we, we still have the, the sign-up sheets for, the, uh, for information for small groups. If you haven't gone there and done that, you're not, I promise you, you are not signing your life away. You're not promising that you're going to be meeting you know, three times a week for three hours at a shot or anything like that. What we want to do is we want to begin building some more community things here at Celebration Center. So I want to encourage you. A small group is a great place to begin doing this because there's nothing like being real in front of other people, having them know all of my stuff, right? And being able to talk to me and say, hey, how can I help in love, okay, so if you haven't yet already, I encourage you, go out here at the coffee bar. There's a couple of clipboards out there. You can sign up. Not, not, again, you're not promising to attend a group. We're gathering information, just your name, your phone number, your email, and then what kind of group you might possibly be interested in. And then what's going to happen is myself and, and some of the other leaders here, we're going to begin going through those things this week. We're going to look at them. And we're going to see what we might be able to arrange. Now, I, I, and in the next probably couple of weeks here, we're going to start contacting people. Maybe asking some of you, hey, would you be interested in hosting a group? Okay? To be better together, we need to work together. Which means we have to be together. Together. Which means we have to be focused on the same thing. We have to be, we, we each need to be humble and we each need to contemplate the others around us. What might life be like for us if we did that? Maybe not perfect, okay? I'm not claiming perfection. But what might God do in us as individuals and in us as a community, as we do this together, let's pray. Father, thank you so much. God, that we don't have to have everything all together. You just ask us to enter. And then, and then you take us by the hand, and you lead us, and you train us, and you make us like Jesus. You give us your spirit so that we can become more and more like you, so that we know what we need to do in the different situations. God, I just, I pray for that understanding to grip each and every one of us here. God, that the pressure would be off to perform better together, and that we would be able to enter with one another into being able to practice becoming better together. Because that's what you've called us to. So that ultimately, God, we can bring your rule, your reign to earth through our interactions together and in the way that we interact with the world around us. So empower us for that. We need you. We need you. I need you. Have your way in us. For anybody here who has not yet become a Christ follower but you're interested, you'd like to, you'd, you you hear about this kind of community and and you want to be part of it. I I'm going to say a prayer. Just make this your own. Jesus, I give me to you. I need you. I need your life in me. And so I ask that you would come, that you would make me part of you, that I would be part of your family. that you would give me your spirit, that I would know you, that you would heal me in those areas of my life that I need healing in, that you would make whole those things that are lacking. Make me yours, I pray. Jesus, for anyone who's made that prayer their own, I pray that you would just be with them right now, that you would fill them with your peace, with your presence, and with the confidence, not that they've got it all together or that they can do it, but that you are going to do it in them and through them. Thank you for loving us, Father. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you that you have called us out of darkness, that you have placed us into the kingdom of the Son that you love. that together we are your community. Have your way in us this week and help us to bring your way into the world around us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.